you have a voice that carries. Yeah, it's a little intense. You know what else is intense? What? Camping. You're going camping? <laughs> oh, intense. Get it? Yeah, I'm not very quick on the uptake. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life, books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay. Okay, we're ready. And books are sexy. We are drinking a classic today. This is the Mum Napa Brut Prestige. So again, dry. That's how we like it. With toasting notes of citrus, green apple, and pear. Let's see what it, if we can taste those things, if I can get this baby open. Work it, work it. Oh man, this is really stuck in there. Oh yeah, got it, there it is, there it is, oh! Wasn't prepared for that workout this morning. Unfortunately, I can only have a taste because I have to get a filling this morning. I feel really bad. Just a tiny cavity. And I blame it on Atticus because I never had cavities before I was pregnant with him. Uh oh. We need a coaster. Mama says we need a coaster. Rachel's mama now? Yep. Oh my God, right? We have um, a set of coasters in the store that say, if you. If you ruin my table, I'll cut you. That was what my mom was like when I was a kid. Except for we got like nail polish and nail polish remover on, you know, nice wood side tables and things like that. It was <laughs> like we were always giving my mom a hard time about being on our case about what furniture we could sit on, what couldn't we sit on. And now I'm a mom and I totally get it. <laughs> it's like the number one thing is where do you get, where are you allowed to take milk? You know? Yeah. Like. My kids take milk everywhere and then they spill the milk and then our house smells rancid, you know, no milk in the car it, or they just leave it sitting around. Yeah. And then it curdles and it's disgusting. This morning, I, when I went to wake up my daughter, I had to sidestep three, like half full cans of monster just on the floor, <sighs> like with electronic devices nearby. Yeah. 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 Sorry, mom. I totally get it now. All right, Ellen, tell me what you're reading. Okay. I am reading Fierce Little Thing by Miranda Beverly Whittemore. This is a book I bought actually at Anderson's in Naperville when we were there back in September. It's a mystery, and I am like pages away from being done, obviously. Mm -hmm. Bitches. <laughs> but, um, so the premise is that our main character is Saskia and she's now an adult and she is living in Connecticut as a total recluse in uh, her, her grandmother's mansion that has been passed down to her. And she's running from her past or trying to escape her past. But some letters start showing up and her past comes back to haunt her. So when she was a teenager, her little brother was murdered in a tragic family incident and Saskia went to live with a family friend of artists and they took her and they went to this like cult this commune 
and there there was this like prophecy that a young woman would come and she would save the cult and they believed that she was that person um so for a number of years in her teenage years she was living on this commune and then she and four other kids committed some type of crime and now they were are all getting these letters and all five of them have to reconvene at the commune because someone knows what they did. And so it's told in alternating chapters like present day and then their time in the commune. So we don't know what they did. We don't know who's sending the letters. Um, <clears throat> and the chapters are super short, like a page long or two pages long. So it's a very quick clip. Yeah. But it's like really it's, she's holding that tension really nicely of like, oh, my gosh, I got to find out what happens. So it's a good read. Yeah, it's a good read. Yeah. What are you reading? Oh, my goodness. Um, I tore through a couple since I wrote up my notes for for the um, the podcast today. So I, I just finished an advanced reader's copy of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabriel Zevin, oh, the yeah. author of A.J. Fickery. Um, and before that, I finished Ann Tyler's. Um, new one, French Braid. Okay. So that that was the weekend. But the one I want to tell you a little bit more about is one that I'm picking for staff picks in April. It's called A Constellation of Vital Phenomena by Anthony Mara. And just like you, this is one I picked up on our road trip through Illinois, Michigan, when we went to get the antique um, cash register that we now have in our store that was in the Tilden department store, the department store that was here for a century. Um, so we went on that road trip and we hit every every indie bookstore we passed by. Um, where I got this one was Exile Bookville. Um, we loved our trip there. This store um, is owned by Javier and his partner. Um, he is one of the most delightful book people we've ever met. His store is located on the second floor of the, the city's historic fine arts building on Michigan Avenue. Out their windows, you can see Grant Park and the lake. So the next time you're in Chicago, you have to be sure to hit this one up. Um, he recommended A Constellation of Vital Phenomena. And the timing for reading it right now, it's just been great. We That was over the summer. Um, and Russia had not yet attacked Ukraine. Now we're dealing with that current event. And what's interesting about this book it's published in 2014, but it's set in the early 1990s and the uh, early 2000s when Chechnya's independence was violently threatened by Russian invasion. The main characters are an eight-year-old girl named Hava and her neighbor, her neighbor Ahmed, who is the village's, the rural village they live in, um, their incompetent village doctor. He went to med school but graduated in the bottom of his class, and he really doesn't know what he's doing, and he'd really rather be an artist. Um, Ahmed, um, steps up to protect Hava when her father is taken by Russian soldiers in the night. And Ahmed knows that Hava is also at risk because when they take one person, they take the whole family out as retribution. So they seek refuge with, um, a doctor and surgeon Sonia, um, at a hospital in a nearby city. Um, and over the course of five days, they share the burdens of their personal losses and discover the intricate ways in which their lives are connected. Um, it's very much a story about what people do for love and what we do to survive 
difficult times. Um, reading it now was just incredibly timely. It helps put put you in the the mindset or the experiences of what Ukrainians must be experiencing, seeing their cities bombed, having their families disrupted, having to seek refuge and living just in constant turmoil. So this is a really beautiful story, really uh, wonderful characters and um, quite timely to read now. That sounds fantastic. So I have, I'm deciding between three books. You can tell me which okay. Two are nonfiction. One is In Love by Aaron Blum, the one that oh, yeah. assisted dying. Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> and then one called Admissions, which I don't think we have at the store, but it's been like popping up on reviews. So I thought I'd read it, but it's about this woman. It's this woman, black woman who like went to like preps, a prep school or worked at a prep school. And it's, it has to do with like basically that world of like privilege and who gets access to it. <clears throat> well, I think because you've been doing endurance, you should probably read My Heart is a Chainsaw. <laughs> and then I should go to Slasher and then go to And then I think you should come back to Yeah. I think you Yeah, because you'll probably get through My Heart is a Chainsaw pretty fast. Yeah. Um Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle. Yeah. It was good. It read very much like Opal and Nev. Or I mean, I, I didn't read that one too. I, I didn't. It. I didn't read Opal and Nev, but it was like a Daisy Jones Opal and Nev, but it's gamers, okay. and it's like this <clears throat> this relationship over the course of a successful career. Okay. Have you seen the documentary King yes. of Kong? King of Kong. Yeah, I'm talking about gamers. Do you know this documentary? No. Oh my God. Good. Here's my plug for King of Kong. I don't know what it's streaming on. It's been a long time since I've watched it. But it's about like the world of competitive Donkey Kong. The world of competitive Donkey Kong. And it's like the way it's true. It's like a documentary. But the way they've got it set up is like there's this guy like this regular dad who's got Donkey Kong in his garage and he just like plays Donkey Kong and he's really fucking good at it. And then there's like the hardcore like established Donkey Kong champion and he's like a total villain, but he's like a real life guy. He wears like bald eagle American flag tattoo or or ties and he's got like long hair and it's really strange. But it's like these two, but the dad guy is giving him like real competition. So it's like the fight for Donkey Kong, like dominance. And it's amazing. It is such a good documentary. That's really cool. People who make money, like make careers out of being competitive gamers kind of blows my mind i tyler does not agree with me tyler's my husband in case our listeners didn't know <laughs> i think that i could compete at tetris because i am really good at tetris i believe it i keep telling him buy me like an old school nintendo let me practice because mm -hmm. i watched a documentary on competitive tetris and i was like those are stream strategies i use <laughs> Anyway. Is it wild to watch them compete, like, the yeah. level that they play at? Oh, yeah. All right. So today we're talking about how we track our reading and how we rank our reading. I feel like I'm. you should start because you've done a very good job 
um, sharing your reads that you've completed this year. I used to every time, every month I would do a reading roundup on my Instagram and I would show what I read and have a little synopsis and then a star rating for each book. I did that religiously for two years. Then I opened a bookstore (laughs) and I kept thinking I would restart it this year. So maybe this is my impetus to do it. Um, but I have, you know, I don't know how many books so far this year. I have probably over 30 to catch up on because it's March. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm reading thir- 10 a month, but. You got a lot to catch up. I have a lot to catch up on. So tell me about what you've been doing this year, Ellen. How do you keep track of your books and how do you rank them if you rank them at all? Okay. So I am trying to be very good this year. I'm usually pretty good at posting what I read like on Facebook so I'll post like a picture of the book and then um, a kind of a brief synopsis and then my thoughts on it this year I'm doing that but I'm trying to like do it more Instagrammy so I've had Rachel take pictures I paid her a dollar a picture to take (laughs) (laughs) nice pictures of my books to put on Instagram so if you're visiting my Instagram at LB reading um, those are Rachel's pictures most of them not all But anyway, so I've been trying to post on Instagram similar format, just a a synopsis, my thoughts. Um, But I don't typically rank books. So you would never see like on any of my posts, like three out of five stars or anything like that. I do at the end of the year kind of reflect on what were the most impactful reads for me? What were my favorite reads of the year? And I usually pick like the top 10 and last year I said of the top 10, this was my favorite book. So do you have any front runners so far this year? <clears throat> um, I really loved how high we go in the dark. Uh, notes on an execution was mm-hmm. fantastic. Okay. Against the loveless world. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to, I have some contenders, but you know, the year is young, so we'll see. Right. How about you? So I, tried to rank mine as I go. I got this, one of my stuff picks this last month was the modern Mrs. Darcy. Um, If you follow her on Instagram or on her blog, she's a influencer in the book world. Um, Anne Bogle is her actual name, but um, she's known as the modern Mrs. Darcy. She put together a a little reading log book and I was really excited to pick that up and bring it into the store. I feel like it's the perfect format for title, author, ranking, what you enjoyed about it, maybe a quote from the book. It's very succinct and it's helping me keep track of things, but I have quite a few to add into the book. Um, So I've been using that to keep track of what I've read. Um, I rank books on a five-star scale and I try and do that when I finish it, but um, I, I can see the advantage of reflecting on a whole year because you might rank something as a five early on in the year, but then over the course of the year, you might realize "Mm, there's, there's a little bit better out there or maybe it didn't hold up. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes, you know, you don't really necessarily enjoy reading a book, but I find myself months or years later, like still chewing on it. So, um, I think sometimes in retrospect, you can see like, oh, that book was maybe more important in my reading life than I thought it was at the time I was reading it. Right. I've definitely bumped some um, at the end of the year when I'm doing my reading roundup. And I like to do what you do. These are my 
top reads of the year. And so I might pull all my five-star reads and list them together. So what, it, what like criteria do you use when you use your ranking? I think, like you were saying, what resonates with you? What sticks with you? What do you go back and keep thinking about? I like originality. Mm-hmm. I like to be surprised. Um, I like something fresh that um, offers me something different. So those kind of things, I mean, truth, mm-hmm. what really reflects life. Um, yeah, how about you? Well, I don't, I don't rank on a star system. I think for me, when I reflect this, really, I just think about like, what are the books that, I mean, I think about the things you just said. Um, I always think because I read so many books, it's like the ones that just kind of stay with me that are more like rooted within me are the ones that I would come back to. But yeah, I, but when I think about what I like about a book, sometimes it's just pure enjoyment. Sometimes it's the originality of the book. Sometimes just straight up the quality of the writing is just so um, exceptional. So it's like a lot of different factors. I wonder, you know, the teacher in me wonders if like we should put a rubric together. (laughs) But that might take the joy out of it. I don't know. Right. Well, in my (laughs) reading journal, there's definitely, there's three options. I think it was um, enjoyment, craft, and overall ranking. So I, I agree with you that you can really enjoy a book, but then when there's an extra layer of art, whether it's the concept behind the book or the way sentences are strung together and built. Um, yeah. And for me, too, a lot of it is like I don't need a really quick or big plot. You know, like I don't need that. I enjoy it. It makes reading enjoyable. But like. I love books that are very well crafted. I love the art of writing. So when somebody can not only tell a story, but tell it really well, I think that's so cool. Um, And I love character work. So if I, I'll take character over like plot any day. Are you on Goodreads? I'm on Goodreads, (laughs) but I never use it. How about you? Same. I don't think I've ever used it. I do have an account, but I don't use it. I feel like we're bad examples as bookstore owners. Like we should be responsible and get on Goodreads and make sure we do, we do reference Goodreads rankings. We want to know what kind of the, the masses. Yeah. But it's, it's so arbitrary, like the ranking system on there that, or like, just like in general, when people rank books, that it's like, how do I know what's what are the masses judging a book on? And is it necessarily the criteria that I would judge a book on? Right. You know, so. And then there's also like questionable reviews that get fed right. into so the if system. I, if I'm interested in a book and I look at the Goodreads ranking and it's got like two or three stars, like I don't give a fuck. It's probably good. Yeah. Know? Like, and then some of the five star books are probably good too. You know, like I don't really put much stock into, mm-hmm. into a ranking on it. Nor do I. If I love a book, yeah, someone, I mean. Well, that's the beauty of it, right? We can all love different things. Right. So, listeners, 
tell us how you rank your books or keep track of your books in the comments. <laughs> I'll be like my son. Hit like and subscribe. <laughs> Make comment in the comments. <laughs> Rachel, tell us what you feel is problematic about Goodreads. It's owned by... Okay, I just want to say that I, I love Goodreads. A lot of people complain about the app and the webpage, and I know they're doing like a testing thing, and I, that one I think is dumb. But I like Goodreads. It's owned by Amazon. Um, they can see how many people have marked a book as want to read, and then they can go to that publisher and say, look, this is how many people want to read this book. This is how many people allegedly are going to see an advertisement for this book. We can guarantee this. So basically, it's how they can get their prices so cheap and they're not making any money and it's manipulative. Um, I already know they're advertising to me. I see their trucks all around. That's advertisement in itself. Um, but if you're wanting to use an alternative to Amazon, there is Storygraph and it can transfer all your Goodreads uh, books directly into Storygraph. And then it's a bunch of graphs and there's a lot more um, sort of ways to look at your want to read, your TBR, um, your currently reading and your books you've read. So if you want, if you love lists and breaking downs into a bunch of different categories, Storygraph might be the route for you. I've investigated Storygraph a little bit and I think it's cool. I think it's a little more in-depth way of breaking down what you like about a book um, and how you would maybe recommend it to others. Maybe it's a great option for self-tracking if you rely more on kind of that data sourcing your next read. Um, the yeah. data that is out there on Goodreads might be informative to you. Or you could just come into Dog Eared Books and we'll tell you what to read. So. Yeah, exactly. And that another question I have for you would be like, do you keep a, I mean, we all have TBR stacks, right, at home. But like, do you keep a list of books? Do you like write down books you want to read? No, I just physically have them. Okay. Like if I want to read a book, I have it. I do both. I do both. What's on your TBR right now? My Heart is a Chainsaw, In Love by Amy Bloom, and uh, the one I was telling you about, Admissions, which is nonfiction about like private schools. Cool. But I have, you know, lots on my TBR. Those are the three I'm thinking about for like my next book. I finished... Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabriel Zevin last night, like literally before shutting my eyes. And I don't know what I'm going to read next. Oh my God, Rachel, what should she read next? Rachel's recommendation is The Unseekable Greta James. Well, Ellen, tell us what's new in paperback this week. The first one is on your TBR. Yeah, My Heart is a Chainsaw. So this is the latest from indigenous writer Stephen Graham Jones so he's like a prolific horror writer this dude's published like 50 books or something but he really only hit mainstream with his last book The Only Good Indians which was fantastic I, I don't read a lot of horror but I thought that was such a good book um, so in this book you have a very angsty teenage protagonist who is obsessed with slasher movies so she knows like all the slasher movie like trivia when there appears to be a real slasher in her town, she thinks that the skills and knowledge she has from all her slasher movies will help her catch the killer. So I, it's going to be a wonderful bloody mess. I can't wait. He has really great titles. Yeah. And his, I mean, the quality of his writing is just so cool. I have not dabbled. 
and Stephen Graham Jones. But I hope you, you should enjoy dabble. Them. I you will should dabble. Okay. Um, we also have a quick and easy guide to asexuality. So this is a thin little book. It's part of the series Quick and Easy Guides. We have a number of these in the store, and they've been really popular. So it's a great book if you have questions about asexuality or if you have someone in your life um, who you think needs educating about asexuality. So these are very accessible. I think um, when we sell them, a lot of times people are buying them for like family members who maybe don't understand a certain identity or something. Um, and they're just very like just a very easy way of explaining. So uh, that's out this week. And then lastly, The Chosen and the Beautiful, which is one of my favorite books from last year, is out in paperback uh, by Nevo. This is a magical retelling of The Great Gatsby from Jordan Baker's perspective. Um, if you've read Gatsby, you'll remember that Jordan is Daisy's friend and kind of the love interest of the main character, Nick. So in this book, she's the main character, and she's Vietnamese in this book and queer. Um, and there's all sorts of magical realism. So... <clears throat> What I think was so cool about this book is that Nevo's writing is some of the most gorgeous writing I have ever read. That's I would so read cool. anything by her. That's so cool. So I'll tell you about our new releases coming out in hardcover because there's quite a few in children's books. We have a new a story from Gregory Maguire in middle grade chapter books. This is his first foray in youth writing. He's the author of Wicked, a retelling of the Wizard of Oz from the perspective of the Wicked Witch. Um, this new book is called Cress Watercrest, and it's about um, a family of rabbits whose father goes missing after a nighttime honey gathering mission. And in his absence, Mama and the children have to relocate to an old oak apartment tree with a questionable owl landlord and nosy neighbors, and they're all left wondering if things are ever going to be normal again. The book includes gorgeous full-color illustrations from David Litchfield, and it's perfect for a read-aloud or kids making the transition from early readers to chapter books, and it's been compared to works by E.B. White, like Stuart Little and Charlotte's Web, and also Wind in the Willows. In picture books, we have Perfectly Pegasus, and this is the sequel to Jesse Sema's book, Not Quite Narwhal, which was very popular, um, about a unicorn who insists he's a narwhal and has a cute little scuba diving helmet, is under the sea. Um, in this one, we have a pegasus named Nimbus, who is the only pegasus in the sky, and while there are many adventures to be had in the heavens. They, he, the Nimbus is without any company, no friends. So this is a tale of her attempt to wish on a falling star for friends. And her pursuit of that falling star leads her to the star of not quite narwhal and a whole boatload of friends. Then we have one that this one we ordered in for Ellen. No, we ordered it in for Trinity. I will explain the time okay. to me. Okay. It's called There's a Rock Concert in My Bedroom by Kevin and Danielle Jonas, <laughs> illustrated by Courtney Dawson. So tell me why we ordered it for Trinity and not you. Because Trinity loves the Joe Bros. You love the Joe Bros. I like the Joe Bros. No, my boy band trio of brothers is handsome. Oh, that's true. Okay. But didn't you want to marry one of the... The Jonas Brothers? No, I like, wanted to marry Taylor Hansen, and Rachel and I are going to go see him this summer. And last time I saw him, I swear to God, we made eye contact. 
I'm really happy for you. Thank you. This book. Um, forever. This book, whether it's for Ellen, Trinity, or the young reader in your life, is about a family of musicians that looks very much like Kevin and Danielle's family and their two daughters. When the main character, Emma, signs up for the school talent show, she's nervous. Her skills as a guitarist aren't great enough. Um, but with the support and encouragement of her family, she gains the confidence she needs to perform. So it's very, like, autobiographical. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Let's talk about what's happening in the store this week. I'll be reading on Wednesday with Levy at 10 a.m. Okay. So Saturday. So April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And on Saturday from 10 to noon, uh, we're doing a fundraiser with local writer and musician Deb Klein. Deb will be performing her music and will also be signing copies of her memoir, Forgetting to Remember. And all proceeds from this event uh, will go to Access. That's awesome. Um, let's see, later on Saturday afternoon from 4 to 4.45, our Good Troubled Book Club is meeting and they'll be discussing Dress Coded. If you're interested in having your middle schooler join the book club, check it out on the website, dogyardbooksames.com. And then on Friday, oh, we got our days mixed up. Friday from 5.30 to 8.30, Kayak is a free workshop structured writing group for serious writers whose final goal is publication. They'll be meeting in the loft here and the focus is on creative fiction and creative nonfiction. Um, so writers aged 18 and over of any experience level are welcome. So a really great opportunity to work on your writing, share your writing, etc. All right. I have that Jonas Brothers song stuck in my head now. Which one? I don't even know the words. It's like... Do you know this one? No. Oh my god, yes you do. I don't follow boy bands. What's your favorite boy band, if you had to choose? I didn't, I never went for the boy bands. Like, I just couldn't be convinced. Like, they didn't do it for me. They're too pretty. Like, I just... <laughs> okay, but just, if you have to choose. You you came of age in the 90s. You have ample choices. I know, but I was more about the girls. Like, Ace of Base was a lead female. Oh, my God. Rachel. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Presidents of the United States. Not a boy band, <laughs> but boys. That's where... <laughs> no, that was kind of... Like, we're talking about... The, the heartthrobs of elementary school. The guys who dance, you know, who dance or who, I don't know. What do you like? Who, who's your favorite A boy, boy who can dance turns me off. So I was just like, no, thank you. Well, I don't think Taylor Hansen dances, but mm, he can play a keyboard. What's what's your favorite boy band? If you had to choose between NSYNC or Backstreet. That was still a little before me. Like, I wasn't old enough to truly appreciate those. I'm so young and beautiful. I don't know if you were even alive. Were you alive? Yeah. No, I. You were in diapers? No, I still have my VHS tape of like um, when you went to McDonald's, you could get the. It was like a behind the scenes with Brittany and NSYNC. Like it was a two thing. And then like (laughs) one, you could get like this little CD that was either. That was like a mashup of like four songs from both the Brittany and NSYNC. So NSYNC would be yours, maybe. I like NSYNC, but I would think I have to lean back straight. I mean, their songs have really stuck. The current obsession of booksellers. BTS. BTS. Yeah. And I, again, like. Which, you know, I'll admit it's catchy. It's catchy. I like the playlist. I can enjoy the music, but the whole show, the song and dance, 
the prettiness is like nothing against pretty boys, but it's not like you're going to make my heart swoon. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to New Kids on the Block this summer, and I will definitely be swooning over Donnie Wahlberg. He's not a pretty boy. He's hot. Okay. <laughs> Rachel, you know it's true. When they're singing Hanging Tough. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't then we'll reevaluate, Rachel. Oh, oh. hanging tough. Oh, oh, oh. Listen up, everybody, if you want to take a chance. Boom, 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 boom. Just get on the floor and do the new kids dance. You don't, you don't know. Ellen, this. you're very talented. <laughs> Thank you. All right. On that note, <sighs> cheers. Cheers to another great week of reading. Keep your champagne. What was our tagline again? The books going and the champagne Champagne flowing. (laughs) Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in dog-eared books every single week. Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at at dog-eared books Ames or at Dog Eared Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so great. <laughs>